is not always easy. Many people have stood up for what was right, putting their life in danger. There are those who, knowing the threats that were before them, and still chose to go there anyway. One that always comes to mind to me from the civil rights time was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. When he gave that part of this speech says that I may not be there with you. But he says what I've been to the mountaintop. You know that was just days before he was shot. The prophet had a premonition that I know we're going to overcome. I may not be there with you, but yet I I, I see us getting there. And do you understand that this is also after time his house was bombed? Children and wife are in danger. He's getting threats. And he has his own government trying to get him. And yet he still went out in the front of the line. Because somebody said in the front of the line. To let her know that I shall not be moved. And so when you think about those who stand up for what is right. Making difficult decisions. Trusting that my cause is just. I must fight this battle. Same should be true for us who say that we serve the Lord, that we should decide that regardless of how those may criticize me, ridicule me, persecute me, I must make up my mind to serve the Lord. Is this microphone on? Am I talking to somebody? Do you understand that there's people out there that don't want you to follow the Lord? They don't want you to speak of him because they like living in sin. But yet you trying to help them out to say that there's a better life ahead when you keep your eyes on Jesus. And one thing that you can help some people out that they are living a life of oppression and affliction, you can let them know that I know a God that can deliver you from all your troubles. Anybody here glad that God can do that? And so... If you know what God can do, you ought to make up your mind and make a vow and just declare, I will bless the Lord who delivers me, and I will obey him all my life. This psalm that we're going to look in has a heading to talk about how it is the psalm that David wrote when he had act crazy in front of Abimelech. Abimelech means father of kings, and so it may refer to the king of the time, which was King Achish. David is running from Saul, hiding from Saul because Saul wants to kill him. David's mad at his son for helping uh, David escape, and he's mad at his son, saying, who else has sworn allegiance to David? What has this, the son of Jesse promised any of you that you would rather follow him than follow me? Saul and lost his mind. And so he's trying to get young David, and David is hiding, and David goes to the priest and gets some showbread, but have Achis is out there trying to conquer nations, and he, some of his people see him saying, isn't that David, you know how Saul killed his thousand, and David killed his ten thousand? David overheard them 
said he started acting crazy like he lost a sermon and was spitting over his beard and knocking on doors. He was acting crazy, y'all. He's saying, I'm not going to get caught today. And then the king said, I got enough fools. <laughs> I don't need him to be my guest. And David got into the, into the wilderness. And it says that he wrote this song. I'm going to read this verses 1 through 7 again for our reading for New Living Translation of Psalm 34. Those who have the Bible lab, you can join in in the live event and join on to put the sermon notes right there. Those who are not familiar with the Bible app, you go to the Bible app and there's an opportunity in your menu. You can choose more options and there's, there's called events. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you'll see Zion Baptist Church live event right there and you'll see the sermon note and these texts right there to follow along with them. Reading from the New Living Translation, the Word of God says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praise. Uh, I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Praise God for his word. You may be seated as you take your seat. Help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them, I will bless the Lord. Amen, amen. Tell your next neighbor, tell them, and just wake them up too. If they fell asleep, just tell them, I will bless the Lord. This is a vow the psalmist has made. He has made up his mind that I will bless the Lord. He's making a vow here to understand that if you won't, I want you to know what I will do. Uh, that's the kind of attitude we should have every time we are able to come into the house of the Lord. Hey, you should look around and just tell somebody, I will bless the Lord. Uh, if you won't lift up your hands, if you won't shout with your voice, if you won't pat your feet, that's all right. Because I came here with one purpose in my mind, and I will bless the Lord. And, and, and you ought to let them know that I, I don't need no excuse. I don't need your permission. I don't even need an invitation because I received an invitation a long time ago when he called me to be his child. I've made up my mind. I will bless the Lord. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. I, I, I got no choice but to tell him how good he is. He, he, he's been good to me. Don't, don't, don't you know what, what I've been through? Do you understand how he's been good to me? Oh, oh look how the psalmist says that I cried out and he heard my prayer. You, you know what it means when somebody says I cried out and they answer me means the problem that I had has been taken care of. And, 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 and the people want to know, he says he can let them know that he, he removed all my fears. 
what, what he is saying here is that I did not have fear necessarily, but the ones that were causing my fear, the ones that were causing my headaches, the ones that were causing my troubles, or the ones that were getting on my last nerves, the ones that were trying me, trying to make me give in and, and give out, God has removed them from my life. Can anybody here testify that God is able to remove uh, the problems and issues uh, in your life? Uh, He can remove cancer. He can remove heart attacks. He can remove pain. He can remove enemies. He can remove debt. He can remove oppression. Oh, glory be to God. Whatever you fear might be overtaking you, God can deliver you from them all. You know all. A-L-L, that's all. He can get rid of them all. That's why I will. Bless the Lord. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Uh, he, he, he goes on and say, oh, what magnify or come, let us make his name great. You know what it means to make his name great is to basically make it bigger, to enlarge. And, and think about how we like large stuff. Uh, you know how that first TV, anybody with the black or white tube TVs, remember those first TVs? The screen was no bigger than your hand, but you could sit down and watch that TV, have a good old time. You said, y'all look at me and say, how you know about that TV? Because I changed that channel for my granddaddy. He had pliers locked onto the thing because the nabba done one off, and I had to turn it to those channels. And then TVs got big. You had that floor TV. Had that nice little linen cloth on top. Had the plants right there by the side. Had a nice big tube TV, right? Look all decorated nice, and TV don't work, but you still got in your house now, you know. But you moved the plant, and you got your flat screen HD TV on top. We like bigger things. We like bigger things. We want it magnified. You want the picture bigger. Well, that's what we need to do with God, that we need to stop making them small, but make them bigger and greater and greater. Everybody know how big my God is. He is big. He is mighty. He is great. Oh, magnify the Lord. Let us make his name great together. And so when you make his name great, look like this is the reason why he's made this vow. So it says, it says, it, he says here that what? I prayed and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will have a radiant joy. And, and, and now our, our translation tells us kind of like a suggestion or a, 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 an observation, those who look to him. But when you look in the original text, it's sort of like a command. It's telling you, look to him and you will be radiant. It's basically, you know, if you feel down and defeated, just look to the Lord. Look towards the hills which come with your help, and all my help comes from the Lord. It's letting you know that you need to look to him and receive your strength. And, and basically, if you need some help, uh, just go outside after worship service and take some time and, and look at some flowers. And, and, and look how they, where they're looking. If they're looking up, they want more sun. They realize I become more radiant the more sun I get. So they stretch. They stretch high. And then sometimes if you plant some flowers in the wrong position, and what I mean the wrong position, if your flowers are growing sideways, you planting them in the wrong position, but your flowers are not stupid. They know where the light is. And so they say, I'm going to look. 
so I can be ready and have some. Like, let me help somebody out. That you might be somewhere in the wrong position, in the wrong direction. But yeah, I want you to know that God can be found. So just look. And you'll be radiant. And you'll say, I will. Bless the Lord. And so they, if you look, you'll be radiant. You'll be revived. And you'll be filled with joy. You'll have no shame. You'll have no guilt. You'll have nothing covering you because you'll have his light <laughs> shining over you. So he says, in, in my desperation, uh, uh, this poor man prayed and the Lord Listen, you know, when he says this poor, this poor man, he's not talking about that he was poor, but talking about he was oppressed and in a, in a low state. And that's how sometimes we feel that we can be, we can have full money in our pockets, but still be poor. And this poor is not a condition of necessarily just of oppression, but yet it also could be a sense of humility, understanding that, God, I am nothing without you. And you yet look down upon my condition and, and my situation, and you spoke into it, and you lifted me up, that I am radiant, I am joy, even though there's people out there trying to kill me, people out there trying to get me, but yet you are with me. If you read again in First Samuel 21st chapter, when David acts a fool and escapes Saul and escapes the king Achish and, and goes into a cave, it says that 500 men came. And these 500 men had things in common, that they were depressed depraved, and defeated. And they looked to David to be their, their ruler. These 500 men became his mighty men. And they were his boys until the end. And so here it is that in his time of defeat, God continued to surround him and encouraged him. Even that Jonathan, Saul's son, came and encouraged him in the Lord. Maybe that's when he got that inspiration and said, I'm going to write this psalm. How good God is. I will bless the Lord. At all times, because he delivers me from all my troubles. The angel of the Lord. Y'all see that there? What it's saying here is that he understands that it had to be something supernatural that protected me, that covered me. It was the angel of the Lord that protects me and covers me. And so now, not only tells you how he's made a vow and the reasoning of his vow, now he wants to give us some wisdom. He wants to teach us why we ought to bless the Lord and how we need to be in his favor to receive his blessings. Look at verse 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. It says what? Taste and see. Blessed are those who take refuge in the Lord. Uh, to taste him is to partake of him and be with him. And, and, and as I was thinking about this, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was tempted to illustrate to you how you ought to taste and see. I, I was going to bring in an apple, but then I said I would have got distracted with the apple. Because what I was going to do with the apple, I was going to tell everybody that this apple is red, delicious, and juicy. But y'all be looking at me like, well, we don't got the apple, so how do we know? My, I don't say because you got to taste <laughs> and see. And now I was going to take a bite of the apple. But then I've been distracted. I might have to finish the app. I wouldn't just put it down on the prize. But, but I want you to know that you got when you know something is good, right, you want to taste it for yourself. And you see how good it is. And, and, and when you had that good meal, when you had something good, don't you go and tell somebody else? Oh, you got to go down to so-and-so's place. They make the best such and such. And you get excited. You go down and you call that person. You were right. <laughs> that stuff so enough was good. Same thing with God, that when you taste uh, 
and see how good he is. Uh, and, and, and also when you take a taste, it's sort of like a, a sample. Uh, sort of like how when you take your children with you to the grocery store and they got those sample events right there, right? And, and you know what the sample is meant to do. It's, it's basically whet your appetite so that you want more. And when it's good, you know, the, the baby comes back to you to you say, Mommy, Daddy, can we get some of these? Those are good. Because they taste and they saw how good it is that they want some more. They don't want to leave it here at the store. They want it to go home with them. Some of y'all missed the illustration. I want you to grab how good God is. That you don't just leave them somewhere. You want to take them home with you. <laughs> so you can have them anytime you want and see how good he is. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will see how good he is. How I can be under his authority and the blessing that comes. And, and not only is that I will see how good he is, but look what the blessing comes. It says, blessed are those who fear the Lord. To fear him is to worship him, is to honor him, is to serve him. To fear him is that I understand who he is and I will serve him accordingly. That I won't act a fool and do things to disrespect him, but I will do things that will bring glory and honor to him. That's why I've made a vow that I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually to be in my mind. Let me help somebody out to understand what I'm talking about here. That when you want to honor God and fear him, when somebody's getting on your last nerves, Instead of you cursing them out, you will choose, I will bless the Lord. And you can change the, the conversation. And, and sometimes I want to help somebody out that if you can't bless the Lord, just be quiet and bless them that way. Sometimes you just need to be still <laughs> and know that he is God. Because sometimes, you know, you try to say the right thing, but the wrong thing comes out. But if you can just be quiet and just say, Lord, let us pray to him. Say, Lord, help me. <laughs> help me to hold out till my chains come. Keep my tongue quiet. I guarantee that by the time the conversation gets heated and over, you'll be able to say something nice and say, I love you. Uh, bless you and keep you. And, and move on because you understand that I want to bless the Lord. I don't want to cause any fights. I don't want to cause any argument. I don't want to say anything just to make it worse. But how can I bring glory and honor to God by blessing his holy name? Do you understand how when you bless the Lord that you bring him glory and you bring him honor? And how you bless one another, how you ought to encourage one another. And here's a challenge that many of us need to have upon our lives is that you need to make sure that do I say something positive first? Oftentimes we look for the negative. We'll come by and say somebody, so your shoes untied. Oh, by the way, it's a nice suit. I don't care about your comment now. You just point out my shoes on time. Now I'm focused on let me just bend down and tie my shoe. Now I got dust on my suit now. You know, we always just, just we can negate something real quick. But we come around and say, man, you look good today. Oh, I feel good now. Well, we can always look to say something positive first. We start going towards the negative. Learn how to bless. Learn how to encourage. Learn how to lift up. Learn to exhort one another. You, you should understand that. That's why people ought to fight one another. Get to the church because I want to go around and bless somebody today. I want to go around and encourage somebody today. That way everybody always feels welcome when they come into the house of God. Because why? I'm going to hear words of encouragement. Well, here people tell me how they love me, how they miss me. One, one way to do this, I, I read in, in, in John Maxwell's book about a person that has charisma says this person would throw parties. And, and every time somebody came to the door, the person said, oh, you finally made it. I'm glad you're here. And it said that everybody made it. Everybody feels special when they showed us. Oh, you waiting on me? Oh, how special, right? 
just let that person, I'm glad you're here to make that person feel special. Or maybe some of y'all might remember Cheers. Remember Cheers? You walk in, everybody knows your name. Oh, it's, they, you felt special when they walked in. Norm. Hey, hey, everybody. Know. They walk in. You just feel good when you walk in and somebody calls out your name and recognizes you. How good it is for us to recognize one another. Because so, when I recognize you, I recognize your creator because you are God's image. You are the bearer. You are, God made us in his very image. So when we are the image bearers of God, it should be, be upon us to treat each other with love and compassion and care. Do you understand David understands it because David had every chance to get back at Saul. But he understood that I'm not going to do anything according to my flesh. It, he reminded his people, his, 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 his mighty warriors, that when he had Saul trapped in a cave, he could have got him. He said, oh, God has delivered him over to you. But he says, touch not the anointed. He understood that God's going to work it out, so I just need to wait. Oh, watch out, somebody. And so when we can just wait on what God is going to do, we ought to just bless him in the meantime. And that's why David made up his mind, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will fear him. He will make me radiant. I will taste and see of his goodness. I will tell others of his goodness. I will fear him. Realizing there's a blessing because even the, the young lions or the rich or those who are favored become hungry and lack. But those who trust in the Lord will what? Lack no good thing. That's why we like the 23rd number of Psalm, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I what? Shall not want. I shall not be in lack. I shall not have, I shall not be in wanting. It's letting us know that when we trust in God, when he is our refuge, he will protect us. That's why we can say, well, come to give me this day my daily bread. That's why we can understand that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's why you understand greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We understand that God is with us is better than the whole world against us. We understand that when I have my refuge in him, he will deliver me. He will save me. He will provide for me. He will protect me. So I will trust in the Lord. And because of what he's going to do for me, I have no choice, but I will bless the Lord. Oh, God rewards us by trusting in him. And so look how the question is, do anybody here desire long days? He understood if you desire long days, then what should you do? Listen to these teachings. Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who what? Do right. His ears are open to the cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the what? The brokenhearted. He rescued those whose spirits are crushed. That's why we need to always be humble. We need to put ourselves in a position of being a broken sacrifice before the Lord, before that's what he desires. Uh, the, the psalmist in 51 said the same thing, that sacrifice is not that you desire, but you desire that what? A broken and a contrite heart. That you will not. You will not. You will not return away. You desire a broken heart and a contrite spirit. 
We ought to come broken before the Lord, knowing that in our brokenness, in our humility before him, he will lift us up. He will protect us. That's why you understand it's a blessing in fearing you, God, and trusting in you, that I don't have to be all bad and bold and tell everybody who I am. It can't nobody push me around. But I can surrender and say, Lord, they may break me. They may beat on me. They may surround me. But I understand this, almighty God, because what many are the afflictions of the righteous. Remember, doing the right thing is not always easy. You're going to have some trials and some tribulations come your way. But know that God can deliver you from them all. Do do you notice how often that word deliver or save is in your translation? And do you notice how the Lord is mentioned almost in every verse? And in in verse 5, there's a pronoun except the other verse when he gives the teachings, the wisdom teaching about what what we must do. And also about this psalm, if you could read it in Hebrew, is an acrostic that it starts and begins with every letter of the, of the Hebrew alphabet. And so you can see that this psalmist is very creative of putting this psalm together. And he's important to point out that I will fear the Lord. He noticed how often he says, I will fear the Lord and how we ought to fear the Lord. And he noticed how he said the Lord delivers him. And it might remind us to rem- that he might be remembrance that he feared Saul and he feared Achish and he feared for his life. But he understood now I should not fear them, but I should fear the Lord. Some of us are, are fearful when every time that we go to the doctor's office, fearing what's going to come. Uh, we might be fearful and be, be trep- have some trepidation before we go through a surgery or a procedure because why? We have no clue what's going to happen. When you, all you know is that they tell you start counting and you knock out, you wake up in another room. And you wonder, is it done? That's all you know. But yet, when you know God, You can understand that I don't know what's going to happen, but I know who's in control of what's going to happen. And so I don't need to fear any outcomes. I would just fear the Lord who can deliver me from all my troubles. The righteous person faced many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue them each time. Tell your neighbor, God can rescue you each time. Every single time he can rescue us. Oh, glory be to God. For the Lord protects the bones of the what? The righteous or his holy ones. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely overtake the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. I, I want you to look as I, I want to close out on the reward of his wisdom. It says that the righteous bones will not be broken. Meaning that he will preserve you, he will save you. To some of our Bible scholars here, they say that that sounds familiar. I, I, I remember the gospel writer Luke wrote about that uh, when they broke everybody else's bones on the cross. Uh, they, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was already dead. And it says now one of his bones were broken. Oh, God will protect the righteous. Uh, but... It sounds familiar from this psalm because that the wording, the quoting comes from that psalm, but it really is from Exodus when it talks about the Passover lamb, that not one bones of it should be broken. And, and Jesus being our Passover lamb meets the perfect sacrifice, that not one bones of it were broken. Uh, I wish I had someone that I could testify and just get in the car and come on with me because I'm about to get off on the highway because I want 
wanted you to see how we are just with Jesus, a good God from Zion, that when, if not his bones were broken, oh, glory be to God, if God can preserve him, good God from Zion, if we can call on the name of the Lord and all, I can somebody say all, uh, who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, uh, then I will be righteous, uh, then not one of my bones shall be broken. Uh, oh, glory be to God. I wish I had one more person uh, that could testify. Good day now, children, but may the Lord bless you on your way home. But on your way home, you ought to testify that those who are righteous uh, in the Lord shall not be condemned. Uh, that's why the Paul wrote in Romans, therefore there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Can I bring it back to you one more time? If I'm in him, I'm righteous, and not one of my bones will be broken. Oh, glory be to God. I'm here to testify that sticks and bones can't break my bones. Whoa! But the word will give me life because Jesus is the word, and he is life. Good day, children. I'm trying to leave you alone, but I just get excited. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Look closely. I will fear the Lord. If I fear him, I find refuge in him. When I find refuge in him, I become radiant. I get joy. I get peace. Even though I get oppressed uh, and I get some afflictions and the enemy's trying to get me, I know one thing, I can cry out. And he will deliver me from them all. Anybody here glad that you can cry out unto the Lord? Oh, glory be to God. We ought to make up our mind to bless him. We ought to be just like Jonah. Jonah got swallowed up by a fish, but he praised the Lord anyhow. He praised him anyhow. And they say, you know, he was all dry ground. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. Uh, I'm trying to encourage somebody today that I don't know what you're going through, but you ought to bless him uh, anyhow, knowing that God can turn your situation around. Uh, whatever's troubling you, whatever got you oppressed, he can remove them all, each and every last one of them. So will you make up your mind to make that vow? I will. Bless the Lord at all times. And this praise shall continually be in my mouth. And you will realize because I'm one of his righteous ones, I'm going to turn away from wicked, turn my lips away from deceit, turn away from evilness, and I will find my refuge and my trust in him, knowing that he can deliver me from all my troubles, and that those who are in him will never be condemned. For we are saved. Anybody glad you're saved? Anybody here glad you're saved? Saved. Woo. And so when you know you're safe in his arms, ah, you can cry out knowing that he's going to hear you because his face is towards you. His face is towards you. His ear is towards you. I think about how it says his face is towards his ear is towards us. And I think about how you buy baby monitors. Because you're not going to be in the room, but you want to be able to hear when that baby cries. But yet, when that baby cries, you still got to go to get to that baby or get whatever that baby needs because that baby is crying. What I want to share with you that I'm so glad that God don't need a baby monitor. 
that when you cry, he hears and he answers. Just when you're about to give up, God said, here you go, hold on to this. Just when you think it's all over, God stepped in and said, not so. I'm so glad God can move right at the time you cry. You don't got to say, hold on, let me put you on hold. But when you call him up, oh, glory be to God, you can tell him what you want. He's able to do it. Won't he do it? So if you know that he will do what you know that he's able to do, you ought to bless the Lord. Doors of church are now open. There might be someone here today. He asked to stand or extend the hand of the disciples. There might be someone here today that said, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know how to be safe in your arms. We want to welcome you here in this place. You may be looking for a church home. 